0: Don't get any ideas, Mr. Bond.
1: T-shirt, free concert, to get to the life you've been chasing. We can do whatever we want. Nothing matters. Hello and welcome to episode thirty of the Complete Works season three: a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeohverse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike Scaccia. Hey, doing today, Mike. I'm doing great. Um episode 30. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah, we have we have reached a milestone here on the Michelle Yo podcast and actually it's the last movie of the 2000s uh that we're going to talk what? about here too. So yeah, uh next one we're in is in 2010. We're ramming up to present day already. It's we're, weird.
0: Time's flying. You're it's almost you're almost as old as the number of episodes. It's crazy.
1: Yes. Yeah, I I will be turning 30 in just uh just 2 months. I'm not a fan, not a fan of that. Uh, I'm a fan of 30 episodes, but not not of 30 years. Not yes. not, not not into that. Uh but we are moving on from one shrubble blockbuster in the summer of 2008 to another shrubble blockbuster in the summer of 2008. <laughs> Uh, You just can't win. Exactly. For five years, uh, French director Mathieu Kassovitz had been working on adapting the French novel Babylon Babies into a feature film, Uh, very much a passion project of his that finally started to gain some traction when 20th Century Fox and Studio Canal put up the financing for it in 2005 and what followed was a production that was riddled with problems on all sides the weather wouldn't cooperate and uh, pushed filming back by weeks at a time its star vin diesel was often at odds with what the filmmaker wanted and actually he originally wanted vincent cassell in the role which is honestly a similar name to vin diesel might have just gotten lost in translation and the studio was (laughs) like "Uh, he wants vin diesel right Get him he just, Vin Diesel. He wants a Vin. He wants, a, he wants Vin Diesel. Uh, and the studio kept interfering throughout production. Kasvitz has said that he never actually had the chance to shoot a single scene how it was scripted or how he wanted it. It went over budget. It was three weeks behind schedule. And in the end, critics and audiences hated the movie. But Michelle Yeoh is in it. So it's time <laughs> to talk about Babylon A.D. Save the planet what
0: for Life's simple kill or be killed a survivor's code my code it all sounds great until the day you find yourself confronted by a choice a choice to make a difference or to walk away and save yourself i learned something that day too bad it was a day i died Smuggler. What's a package? A girl. She needs to be in America in six days. Cross me, and you'll have no place to hide anymore. Are you a killer, Mr. Tudop? Yes. Now please get into the car.
1: There's no mercy for the weak. I can defend myself. All right, so Michelle Yeoh appears in Babylon AD as Sister Rebecca, a nun who acts as protector to Aurora, a young woman with supernatural knowledge who must be transported to New York in a dystopian near future. Uh, She's played by Melanie Thierry, who was uh, recently seen in Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. Uh, She was like the... Uh, yeah. With like the head of the people who were like dis- dismantling the landmines, right?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, the two of them are escorted by the film's main character, a mercenary named Hugo Turop, played by Vin Diesel. Uh, and on the Diesel timeline, uh, this is one year before he returned to the Fast and Furious movies with Fast and Furious in two thousand nine. Got uh, it. So kind of in that we- in that weird gray area of Diesel movies where. where he-
0: You thought he was going to not need those movies anymore? Yeah,
1: he was too big for Fast and Furious. He's like, I'm hitching my ride to Riddick. And then Chronicles of Riddick came out and was like, ugh, boy. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So Diesel is hired to do the job by Gorski played by prolific French actor Gerard Depardieu. Uh, Charlotte Rampling, recently seen in movies like 45 Years and Dune. Uh, She plays the CEO of the Noelite Church, uh, the ultimate villain of the film. Also unnamed, she's just the CEO of the Noelite Church. Lambert Wilson, the Merovingian from the Matrix sequels, uh, the Merv himself, uh, (laughs) plays Dr. Arthur Daquandier, Aurora's father. Uh, David Bell from district B 13, uh, plays hacker kid, the leader of the doctor's henchmen, which, uh, we recently watched, uh, brick mansions, uh, on and Mike go to the movies because you made me watch that one. And I also watched district B 13. So I've had a lot of David Bell in my life recently.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's not really in this a whole lot, which is a shame.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I would like to see him more. Uh, French kickboxer, Jerome, Le Bénière plays Killa, uh, an underground fighter, which is weird because Killa is also the name of Scott Atkins character in the most recent, in the most recent John wick movie that just came out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true, true. <laughs> uh and finally we have a Michelle yo reunion here Mike. Uh we do have a Yeoh reunion and that is Mark Strong uh who was also in Sunshine. He appears as Finn, a Russian smuggler and one of Diesel's old colleagues. Also he has hair in this movie, which I don't yep. think I've ever seen Mark Strong with hair before. Uh and I believe this also makes Mark Strong the first non-Asian person to be in two Michelle Yeoh movies. Really? I believe it does. Yeah. 30 movies in. I mean, you know, most of the Michelle Yeoh movies have been Hong Kong movies. And so it's mostly been people of Asian descent, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense,
0: uh, especially because, like, we've talked about those, the first, like, Six or eight movies,
1: it's the same ten people <laughs> in, right. all, in all of them. Yeah, if it, if it wasn't Sam O'Hung, it was, you know, Richard Ng and yeah. all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the movie was written by Matthew Kasovitz and Eric Bisnyard and directed by Matthew Kasovitz five years after his previous film, in Gothica, with Halle Berry and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I know that movie. I also know that movie. I haven't seen it, though. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, same. Okay. Uh, and three years before his next film, 2011's Rebellion, uh, which is a French historical drama in which he also starred in the lead role. Matthew Kasovitz, also an actor. Interesting. Uh, Babylon AD, released on August 29th, 2008, which was Labor Day weekend, and opened number two at the box office. So, Also opening that weekend were Traitor, a spy thriller with Don Cheadle and Guy Pearce. And disaster movie, a Freeburg Seltzer parody movie that everyone hated. Wow, was that? I think that was the last one, right? I think uh, that, that that was almost the last one. There was one more after that, uh, which was Vampire Suck, uh, oh. which was the Twilight, uh, you know, parody movie they did. Uh, but I, I actually saw most of those movies in theaters. The Freeburg Seltzer parodies, Big Meet the Spartans guy. I saw it in theaters, and that was the last <laughs> straw. <laughs> it's why I did not see disaster movie. Cause I was like, I, I meet the Spartans was like, like, I think you know, I actually did go see Epic movie in theaters and had a good time. Um, okay. You know, I was 13 and whatever, when Epic movie came out and I was like, sure, whatever, like, you know, and I watched date movie and I didn't like that one as much, but I liked Epic movie. Uh, it was also bad. Like I, I think I watched it again like a year later and it's like, this sucks. But then I saw meet the Spartans in theaters because I did like Epic movie and I, and I was starved for parody movies. Cause I loved airplane. I love the Mel Brooks movies and, this is what was coming out at that yeah. time for parody movies. You know, this is all we had. Uh, you know, it, it was very rare that you had something like a Walk Hard out there. It was. Right. It was usually stuff like this. Uh, and so I saw Meet the Spartans in theaters and uh, got so mad at how short it was because it was literally like seventy minutes. Like it's a, it's a real short movie and like a lot of that is like the end credits. Like (laughs) a good like 10 minutes of that is like an extended dance sequence where like the Spartans are dancing over the credits and that's the end of the movie. Uh, It's awful. It's a truly awful thing. Never saw a disaster movie. I can imagine it's also bad.
0: But it came out, it beat, uh, did it beat? Was it number one?
1: Uh, It was not number one at the box office, no. It it opened in the top 10, but yeah, no, Babylon AD beat it. Oh, okay, (laughs) okay. Uh, yeah, the other movies in the top ten. Tropic Thunder was in the number one spot uh in its, in its third week. Uh The Dark Knight in its seventh week. The House Bunny, Death Race, Mamma Mia, also in its seventh week. Pineapple Express and Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, at this point, The Mummy Three already out of the top ten, uh, and it's only been like three weeks. Wow, I can't uh,
0: imagine Babylon A.D. lasted very long.
1: Uh I, I you would be about correct. I think uh, I, I don't yeah. know. Exa- I don't know exactly how long, but yeah, I don't think it was there for that much longer. But this is very much like. That time of the summer where like all the movies have come out, and now it's just like the new stuff coming out is like that's like yeah, it's Babylon AD. I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, there's not really a, not really a huge push behind this one. Uh, the IMDb plot synopsis for Babylon AD reads: Veteran turned mercenary Turop takes the high risk job of escorting a woman from Russia to America. Little does he know that she is host to an organism that a cult wants to harvest in order to produce a genetically modified messiah. Uh, so she my- is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, I well, you find out that she's pregnant uh, yeah. with twins. So I believe that's you know that's that's kind of what they're talking about there. yeah, Babylon a d. So before we get into the actual movie, uh, i I should note that uh, you know, this movie had a very troubled production, so much so that there was a documentary that was made, which uh, is available, I think, on YouTube, right? Mike?
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. it's called uh, fucking Kasovitz, the director, but it's made by him, which is crazy. Okay, uh, so he,
1: he actually like, directed the documentary and everything.
0: Yeah, like he's in it, like he's like fully in it. It's him. It's the whole team, uh, like the writer and and the producer. I think maybe the producer is the other main dude, and the sun coordinator and the set design. Like, you know, it's a lot of the the, ca- the crew uh, with some cast interviews, but they look to be a little bit archival. Uh, okay, other than the French lady, that's Aurora, whatever uh, uh Thierry. Other than her, Melanie Thierry, who is giving, like, direct, like, talking head interviews after okay. the fact, talking about the movie. She's pretty heavily involved in the documentary. But, yeah, so, and it's just him, it's the them charting, like, what went wrong. It's sort of, and, and how movies can just spiral when things aren't really working and you're getting a lot of interference and uh, all that stuff. But also, Matthew uh, Kasovitz seems genuinely insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And you know, so he's, there's like one line sort of towards the beginning where, where he's like, okay, we we gave a proposed budget. I think this might actually be the producer is talking about like a proposed budget, and they're like, no, cut this, cut this, cut, and they like shaved, like twenty million dollars. Like I think it was eighty, and they ended up with sixty million as the budget. Okay, but then Kasovitz is talking about like, but eighty was already our low ball, so like we're starting off so much less. Like I think you said he wanted a hundred million, and he's making it for sixty, and so he's trying to create this vision that would have cost all this much so much more money and then that causes all the tensions and problems and all that stuff um and then of course once that sort of becomes the um like attitude and and like vibe on set everyone else picks up on it and you just feedback loop into disaster (laughs) um it's sort of the shorthand version of it um but it was pretty interesting. It is. It is interesting to see. Just. I mean, if you've watched. Um, what is it? Hearts of Darkness. I think the. Should about, the
1: apocalypse now? One. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's obviously not to that extent because it's they didn't go into the jungle for two years or whatever happened <laughs> <laughs> to Rhesus for Goblet. Um Yeah. But uh, it's that kind of thing where he's just like you know there's and lots of onset footage of Casivis just having meltdowns and everyone's just got to stand around and wait for him to be done. It's very awkward and weird. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if you're into that kind of thing. But the the other thing that's a little uh, I think I mentioned it last week uh, too. It's in French on YouTube, so you have to turn on like the auto-generated YouTube subtitles and then set it to translate to English. So it's like, sometimes you're like, that's just a bunch of words right. <laughs> to get like, this is a That's not a sentence, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so some of it I might not have fully understood, but um, it is it was pretty fascinating. In particular, the big thing that he constantly is harping on is getting cars to look right because, you know, it's supposed to be the future post-apocalypse kind of, or like during the crumbles or whatever you want to call it. Right? right So he wants like, you know, he's like, we can't have a bunch of Honda Civics, like it has to be... <laughs> A few different car, like futuristic looking cars that are like kind of run down and it's him arguing with people and they're like, Mat- like Matthew, these cars do not exist. We can't find them. And he's like, you have to find me different cars. <laughs> he's like throwing the binder and they're like, what are you talking? You know, stuff like that. So like, it's not, it's not entirely not his fault okay Uh, there's a reason it's called fucking cassavitz you know i guess the documentary (laughs) um, which is very funny so and then then they kind of compromise and it's that big scene towards the end in the the two different gangs you know and it's like that whole yeah sequence because it's a lot of cars and he's like fuck it we'll paint them black and shoot it at night it doesn't like it's kind of the compromise they land on (laughs) (laughs) After spending months and years arguing with the set, the production designers and stuff to get cars right that look right to him. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. We'll paint them black. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. And the big culmination, too, is that uh, he sort of doesn't direct the end of the movie or the or well, end of the shoot, I guess. I don't know what. Okay, What part of it, because the studio or the Bond company, whatever, sends like in the. Life Aquatic, the Bond Company, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, sends two of those guys there, um, and they sort of finish directing the movie because he really? keeps, keeps melting down, or, or directing the shoot. I don't know exactly what parts of it it was, but it was pretty, pretty interesting, uh, to see that kind of just you know this thing that this guy was clearly very passionate about at the start, and like had this story that he wanted to tell, and just sort of everything went wrong and worked against him and himself, got in his own way. Yeah, you just end up with this kind of disaster of a movie, and there's even actually one scene, or whatever, not scene in the in the documentary where they're getting ready to shoot that sequence in the the uh, like block in the city in New York, and uh, he's like, you know, we don't have the car, all the shit. He keeps bringing up the cars and stuff, and he's like, blah blah blah. We had all these people that knew what they were doing, and now I'm left with you guys and like (laughs) like to to the crew, and one guy actually like speaks up and says like, well, to be fair. All these people that were here at the beginning of this uh, have been fired, and we're the salvage crew, so we're going to get this shit done, and that's what it's going to be, and this movie's going to come out, and it'll be whatever it is. And Cassavis just kind of like, what? and like kicks rocks, and like, yeah. and like turns and walks away, and it's like, holy shit, that guy, whoever that guy was is crazy. Oh uh, He's the director now. <laughs> yeah, he's, put that guy in charge. All that going into Babylon AD, I had pretty much rock bottom
1: <laughs> expectations. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, And what were your overall thoughts on the movie?
0: You know, it's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) After watching that, I thought it would just be like an absolutely incomprehensible mess. And it, like, plot lies is that. But I think, like, kind of scene to scene, I was sort of like, I'm kind of into this a little bit. I don't know. I think it's bad. (laughs) um, But I don't think it's absolute garbage that should be destroyed and stricken from the collective consciousness. Like... (laughs) Some people seem to think, I don't know. Yeah. Or at least the way I've heard this movie talked about. But it's not great. I probably won't really think about it a whole lot going forward. But I don't know. Some of the action's kind of cool. Oh, in the documentary too, they actually have the stunt coordinator guy. He keeps like making fun of Vin Diesel because he kept wanting a stunt double. (laughs) And he's like, you know, why? (laughs) I've never he I forget exactly the type of phrase he's using, but he's basically saying like he hadn't really worked with like an action star that didn't want to do the action is basically yeah. what he's saying they get to this whatever cut there's just like you know behind the scenes footage and it's it's kassavitz and the sun
1: guy like rolling their eyes at each other <laughs>
0: like well on set it's crazy it's nuts.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah i mean that's so like vin diesel is such like an image-obsessed, like, yeah. ego, egomaniac. Uh, and you see that as, in the Fast and Furious movies, especially as they go on. You hear about the, all the stories with the behind-the-scenes of him and The Rock, and, like, their right. kind of few that is still ongoing and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, like, it, in Fate of the Furious, like, they don't actually share a scene together. They're, like, you know... Even in the scenes where they their characters are in the same room. Like they're not like, they're always yeah. like off, like off to the side or whatever. But yeah, you know, I, I think it's in like fast and furious six or something. Like there's a moment where like they get, they get up really close to each other and they're like exactly the same heights. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, Vin Diesel is much shorter than the rock. Like <laughs> it's like very clear that like Vin Diesel's standing on a box or something to, yeah. <laughs> to make himself look taller, uh, which is just absurd. Uh, and yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing with a trip, with Triple X and Andrew Cage. Like everything is about like making Vin Diesel look as cool as possible without him actually doing anything.
0: <laughs> yes. The only one is the like underground fight scene that is Vin Diesel because it's all one in the movie. It's not one take, but in the documentary, they show them filming that. And it's Cassavetes Kat- yeah. with a handheld camera in that cage in between the two of them uh, mm. while they're having this big fight. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty intense. And I was like, why did they not? Sh-? I mean, maybe it's like too shaky and comprehensible in parts. I don't know. But it's like, you film that all in one take, like one long take with a handheld camera. Use that. Like, yeah. Why are you cutting this? So I don't Sounds understand. pretty awesome. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Although it does end, it did end with like actual fighter guy getting hurt. So maybe that's why. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. When he like body slams, Vin Diesel like jumps on his back and like chokes him out and they fall backwards. Uh, his leg get got caught under him and it like it like popped his knee or some gross shit uh, yeah. but it's in the documentary it's pretty yeah so I guess that's probably why but anyway all the parts before that are it's all one take it's really cool
1: <laughs> Nice, right, yeah uh, so yeah it sounds like you you thought Babylon AD was okay like you had an yeah. okay time with it it's like maybe scene to scene it kind of worked for you I would say that's yeah, pretty bad it's pretty <laughs> bad <laughs> Uh, I You know, I was sort of with it for a little bit. I think for the first 15 minutes, as we're kind of getting introduced to the world and uh, we're kind of seeing Vin Diesel do some cool shit, because, I mean, you know, I, I joke about Vin Diesel and his egomania and stuff. I actually do love him as an action star. I think yeah. he's just genuinely, like, I really... Weird, distinctive presence uh, to have in your movie. I really love the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, you know, at least, at least I really love five, six, and seven. Like as yes. a perfect action trilogy. Uh, and I like the first one, and I like other ones here and there. But uh, and You know, she
0: didn't mention Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> uh,
1: well, you know, Vin Diesel's not in that one, Mike. So why would I bring Fuck. that up? Uh, <laughs> Good point. Um, but you know, I, I really love, you know, the, the series as a whole. And I, I like, I think I basically like the first triple X movie, but Return of Xander Gage rules, huge fan of that movie. Yeah. And you know, but there's a lot of like bad Vin Diesel action movies too. Uh, and you know, this was at a period of time in his career where he was kind of going through that. It post Fast and Furious, post Triple X, where he was decided he was too big for both franchises. He was like, I'm out after one movie. Uh, and he just started making a lot of different stuff and really, really wanted to do is make more Riddick movies. And he did the Chronicles of Riddick. And then it was like, okay, well, I'm an action star. Maybe I can also do comedy. So I'll do The Pacifier. You yeah, know, that that kind of thing. That that rite of passage that every muscly man must do is a, a movie about where he babysits kids, right? Yep. Uh, the Pacifier was the movie he did. And it, it seemed like he, his career was like a little bit on a downward slide uh, for a few years there at least until he returns to Fast and Furious and then Fast Five comes out uh, and suddenly it's like reignited, right? So I, I think his whole career is kind of really fascinating, especially because I don't think he like set out to be an action guy originally. Like if you if right? you look at like his early movies, he's in like Saving Private Ryan, right? He's yeah. in Boiler Room. Like he's, he's working with like small scale stories or like, you know, characters. Like he was like a real actor or he like fancied himself a real actor. And now it's like, well, okay, he's Dominic Toretto, he's Groot end of list like that's what, yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. Vin Diesel does now <laughs> and even even Riddick was like passion project thing oh yeah for him, P- first pitch, one pitch black, pitch black first one was yeah that was a whole separate thing yeah that was you know it was not a franchisee thing Riddick's not the main character in that really you know yeah
0: so there, there's an alternate timeline where it's like a tour slash actor Vin Diesel is the great one of our
1: sure great I, I genuinely thought so uh Fast X is coming out this year uh and um, I'm looking forward to it because it's a new Fast and Furious movie um but but there has been a lot of turmoil behind the scenes. Justin Lin left the project and uh, all, all sources seem to indicate it's because Vin Diesel's the worst to work with. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just an awful person to be around. And there was a time like when they were kind of choosing the new director, they, they ultimately went with Louis Leterrier. But like for a minute, I was like, what if Vin Diesel just directed Fast X? You know, like... Oh it, God. That might be, like, the logical endpoint for
0: the series. <laughs> just give this man a $200 million movie. What man, if go just, wrong? Just
1: see what happens. <laughs> I know he... Because I know he did direct... There was, like, a, a Fast and Furious short, like, the Too Fast Prelude or, like, Los Bandoleros or whatever, or something like yeah. that, that. He did direct, like, a 15-minute short in the Fast universe, and, like, I think that's something that he would be interested in, and, like, he's just such a control freak that, like, he might... <laughs> just jump into directing Fast X but I think I think he kind of is the director of Fast X that's one of those things where like he's taken so much control over that series where he's sort of like Tom Cruise with the Mission Impossibles although Tom Cruise is much more collaborative with Chris McQuarrie an actual filmmaker you know to do yeah. his thing yeah but all that is to say Vin Diesel does do some cool shit in this movie and that first 15 minutes where we're kind of seeing the world and we're seeing him do some cool shit I was like all right I'm kind of into this. I could, I could, I could get behind Babylon AD. Uh, and then as the movie goes on, the plot gets like really convoluted. Uh, and the biblical metaphor becomes thuddingly obvious. Uh, and I think the action sequences just get like more incomprehensible and it was just, it was kind of a rough watch.
0: I think, yeah, there's that, that scene towards the beginning where, uh, he like kills that one guy that comes to like kidnap him or whatever. Mm. And he's like, that was personal between me and him. Nothing to do with you. I don't know. Like that scene was kind of cool. He just really yeah. just, like, kills that
1: one dude. Um, he has, It's the best line in the movie is in that scene right there where he's like, all a man has is his balls and his word. Unlike you, I still got both. And he kills the guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, cool. And then the other very cool scene is where it's just Michelle Yeoh walking across the bridge straight at the camera for like 30 seconds. I was like, hell yeah. That's yeah. how you introduce Michelle Yeoh into a movie. <laughs> um... And I think that that sort of becomes the other knock, hu- huge knock against the movie. You know, it's Michelle Yeoh. She should be. What are you? Why is she second fiddle to Vin Diesel? You know, like what the fuck sure. are you doing here? Uh,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, she is completely wasted in this movie. Absolutely, I
0: think. yeah, and that's what I mean. It's like you got Michelle Yeoh here. There's I think one or two fight scenes that she's in, and yeah. you don't even need to have her be doing fight scenes necessarily because she's Michelle Yeoh. And the drama stuff in this movie is just like. What is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. No, so the movie, uh, and we're kind of getting into the question now of what did you think of Michelle Yeoh in the movie? I think she's okay, but like she's her character is just like completely wasted. And she's pretty much like completely extraneous to the plot. Like she doesn't yeah. need to be there at all. Uh and they don't really do much to explore her character on her own, like outside of her relationship to Aurora or whatever. Um, but yeah, that first sequence where she gets into a fight in the nightclub, yeah, uh, that was one where I So that happens. It's a moment where like Vin Diesel's fighting somebody and like they're attacking, and then Michelle. Yeoh Yo punches somebody and like, it's like starts attacking the like, fighting and stuff. And for a minute, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Cause it, it, it doesn't like introduce you to Michelle. Yo, it's not like a big moment in the fight yeah. so at this moment. Michelle. Yo is playing a nun in the movie. She's like, seems to be very, no nonsense. She's very uh, nonviolent. She's like, no, no foul language. Right. That's her, right. her whole thing. And so when, when she jumps into the fight, it feels like it should be a big deal, both because both for the character and also because this is Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and, she, and the fight just kind of starts and she's just in it. And then I'm not sure if there's like ever like an explanation for like why her character is good at fighting.
0: There's one throwaway line trying to go somewhere. I don't remember where they are, but he tries to hand her a gun and she's like, I can handle myself without it. Kind of. Yeah, thing. that's it. Uh, and just because we've watched 29 Michelle Yeoh movies, I'm like, well, I know what she means. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but the movie makes no attempt to explain or demonstrate any of that ability before that happens. In the movie. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that one scene too. There, that uh, big nightclub scene when it's David Bell and the Parker Orboys attack. It's a really funny moment in the documentary because I think they were filming in like Bulgaria or something like that. They're filming that scene, and the guys are, like, flipping and, and swinging on the pole, doing the doing parkour stuff, you know? And uh, it just cuts from that to, like, an American stuntman that's there, and he's like, yeah, we can't do this in America. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, none of this would be allowed. And, and do you know how much
1: paperwork this would cost us? <laughs> yeah, and
0: it's David Bell just, like, smoking a cigarette, like, huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: incredible uh yeah but i think michelle Yeoh, like she's fine in the movie it's just like oh, there's, yeah. there's just nothing for the character to do and then you know she dies and then it's like well she's gone i guess
0: like, i was so mad that it's like this is the movie that's gonna add one more to the tally for like yes
1: of all the movies, she's only died, I think what was it four times, so now it's five. This is the fifth one, yeah. Yo Yo dies in this movie. And we you know, last week we just so she died in Mummy Three. Uh, and we were talking about that and we were kind of talking about how like, oh, she hasn't really done like a ton of roles where her character has died, or you know, her death has like, you know, inspired another character to keep on moving or whatever. And, and it's like maybe she's not attracted to that or whatever. Um, and that and then it happened twice in two like in a row yeah. here. And it kind of like I think really exemplifies like oh this is the kind of stuff that she was being offered in American films you know right yeah absolutely <laughs>
0: right this is the stuff that she was talking about uh on the press tour for everything everywhere all at once where she's like I've right. been waiting for a part like this yeah you know, for everything everywhere because she was doing shit like th- Babylon AD <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> uh which is which is nuts i mean when you think about like everything that we have seen Michelle Yeoh in and obviously she had a huge illustrious career in hong kong and you would think you know after the success of tomorrow never dies and Crash and tiger hidden dragon uh like there could have been like a really great leap to american films it just didn't didn't pan out that way <laughs> for a while
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i guess you know a little bit of uh sexism and racism a little mixed in there i guess jackie chan sure. did you know he got to be that guy here uh exactly yeah so i don't know weird 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 shit
1: yeah, definitely. But uh, how do you think this fits into the Yo roles that we've seen so far, Mike?
0: It's you know a little bit of the supporting roles. I, 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 um, is this the weakest role, like meat and potatoes role that we've seen? Like you know the actual substance of what she's doing. I guess other than like messy Temple and before she's shit in like for like that. a
1: minute. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, you're saying like is like because there's like nothing to her character in this movie. Yes. Is this the weakest character that Yo has played so far? That is an interesting question, and I think. It might be. I'm going to like just like do a quick scan of her filmography really quick.
0: Yeah. I can't uh, think of another movie that she's in this
1: much of and really not doing anything. Right. I, I, cause I think even like, you know, even like Twinkle, Twinkle, Lucky Stars, like she has more to do. You know, that's... The- yeah. <laughs> and she's in that movie for one minute, but she gets like a solid fight scene with Sammo Hung, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, she
0: demolishes Sammo Hung. And even in, in Owl vs. Bombo, like she's just the melodrama section of it, but like it's intense. And it's a, it's effective melodrama. It's good
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm like, yes, madam, Royal Warriors, Magnificent Warriors, Police Story 3, Easy Money, Heroic Tree. Like, man, we had so many good movies in the yes. beginning <laughs> of the, the beginning's beginning's podcast. Um, but yeah her oak trio i mean yeah all, all of these are like really strong characters uh you know then there's messy temple which she's in for like a minute you know wonder seven she's awesome in wing shun she's awesome in stunt woman uh yeah no i think this is probably and even stuff like the touch and silver hawk like her she had a character that was doing stuff and was active uh yeah. you know in the plot of that movie yeah i think this is the weakest character that michelle yo has played so far crazy bummer
0: fucking (laughs) Casavitz
1: fucking Casavitz there it is (laughs) I I did want to also mention that uh, it's a it's a weird sort of pseudo trilogy that has happened over the last couple of weeks uh, because uh, there's a scene where Michelle Yeoh and her two companions are camping out in the snow (laughs) just like in far north and also in mummy 3 she's kind of in a snowy area too (laughs) true good point yeah (laughs) yes and also and also like far north there's a weird romantic tension between her other two companions (laughs) yeah that's a good point very strange.
0: Maybe Very, far north is the key to all of
1: it. If it hasn't, it's going to unlock the Yo! filmography for us, and we didn't even know it. Yeah, uh, you you weren't even going to watch it.
0: Let's <laughs> listen.
1: I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's that's just a weird like kind of uh, coincidence there. Um, but yeah, we should talk about that real brief before we kind of get into like running the movie down scene by scene. The romance between Vin Diesel and Melanie Thierry is like super weird, right? Like it's it's strange. There's a they don't ever say how old she is, right? No, I mean I I actually looked it up because <laughs> it's was, implied. I was a little, yeah, I I think she, she was like thirty when she made this movie. No,
0: oh no, I don't mean the character. I meant the character.
1: No, I, I know, I, I know. Oh. I, I the actress was like thirty. I, I think her, I think her character is supposed to be in her twenties. Because it's
0: definitely like a teenager thing. Like he's, it's the first time she's ever been out of the like convent and stuff. So there is like a childlike wonder to a lot of the early part of her in the movie. So when like that starts happening, I was like, but she's a child though. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I guess not, I don't know.
1: Very weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's the movie. It's the movie trying very, very hard to do its its Virgin Mary metaphor. Right. Yeah. Um, true. And and so they don't actually, you know, have sex in the movie because she is like, actually like impl- implanted with A.I. babies or or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, is she an A.I. or are the baby's an A.I. is I both be- happening. I believe she is an A.I. Or like a, hu- uh, a human that's like cybernetically enhanced yes. with AI or something like that. Uh, and then the babies that she's going to give birth to are going to be like the new messiah of this civilization. Yes. Uh, and so Vin Diesel in this whole metaphor is like, you know, Joseph, right? He's just yeah. like, you know, Mary's husband who never had sex with Mary.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who, who like brought one- her
1: to the manger and all that kind of stuff.
0: Uh, true. Yeah. There's and that like
1: Joseph, he has a bionic leg. <laughs> uh, in the robot bible right? Um,
0: yeah there's that one scene after when they're on the train and they're talking about like the tigers in the cages and they're like and Aurora's and like but they went extinct like are they clones and he's like second generation clones copies of a copy barely even real I was like oh, okay that's the whole movie right there okay <laughs> we get in the movie now we get it uh, somebody's gonna be a clone of somebody or something and yeah she's like an AI AI
1: human to give birth to the AI overlords or whatever. Yeah, the the Merovingian explained it, but I was just too excited to see the Merovingian to really pay attention to what he
0: was saying. What a weird <laughs> twist for the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> to have him show up. Well, to have him show up and then have it be about a-
1: AI-enhanced babies or whatever. Yes. Like. <laughs> and the movie doesn't really have, like, an ending, you know? It doesn't really, like, end, because, like, the CEO of the church is still out there. She's still doing yeah. her thing, right? She she never has a comeuppance. <laughs> as far no. as i remember uh she like nukes gerard depourdu out of orbit and then she's like well i'm going to continue my evil scheme <laughs> yeah and that'll be it then i guess yeah um but we'll we'll kind of get into more detail on that in a few minutes. Right now, let's start running the movie down, scene by scene. Let's start at yes. the beginning here. Uh, so the movie opens up uh, with this voiceover from Vin Diesel, uh, and it's you know one of those things where it's like you know in media right opening you're see you're seeing close to the end of the movie, yeah, uh, right now. But it's Vin Diesel being like, "Save the planet, huh? What a joke, you know that that, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing." But sometimes you get a second chance,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it's three three day three weeks three uh, days? six days earlier six days earlier. A lot happens in the six days, Yeah, uh, but it is, it always reminds me of the Rick and Morty joke with, uh, you know, I was like, what, why don't we cut back to three weeks earlier when you were alive? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, six days earlier and we see Vin Diesel wake up in new Serbia uh, and we see him walking through the streets uh, for the opening credits, which is just like this hard rap song, just like yeah. showing you like how cool Vin Diesel is. And I was into it for that. It's just like dumb enough where I'm like, this is fun. This is cool. Yeah,
0: he like beats up some guy that sold him a bad gun, right? An arms dealer, dude. That was actually a scene in the documentary where Casavets wanted him to rip that dude's ear off. I think. Really. And they were like, but it's a PG-13 movie. And he's like, I don't care. We're filming it anyway. And they're like, no, it's a PG. It's going to be PG-13. Uh, <laughs> like all this shit. And he's like, well, I'm not coming back to set until we film.
1: <laughs> it's one of those kind of things. Uh, very nuts. Incredible. Uh, this this actually sounds like an incredible documentary. Uh, and I wish I had watched it before the podcast. I mean, it's great. pretty
0: cool. Yeah, he's nuts. Uh, and if you want to just watch, it's only like 55 minutes or something. So if you yeah. got an afternoon they got nothing to do. Watch some bad French subtitles. Um, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it.
1: Nice. Yes. Uh, yeah. You have the opening credits here. Uh, yeah. Vin beats up the guy. He cooks a cat at one point. Uh, you know yeah. all that. Uh, and then he goes back to his place, and uh, all of these guys come in and ambush him. Vin like starts talking to them, and he knows one of the guys, Carl. Mm-hmm. And that's when he has like the he, he like turns the tables on Carl. He get he, like get po- gets the gun pointed at him, and then he has the line like all a man has are his balls and his word. I still got both. And then he kills Carl. Uh, but then he goes with the guys. He's like, well, you know, Car- Carl's an asshole, but I'll go with you. Guys. Yeah,
0: this <laughs> had nothing to do with whatever you're doing. It was between yeah. me and Carl.
1: Yes, uh, and uh, through all that, I was like. I can get on board with this. This this could be fun. Yeah.
0: Until he gets in that fucking thing with Gerard Depardieu, and he's like, I got five minutes of exposition for you. And yes. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So Gerard Depardieu is playing Gorski, who hired all these uh, mercenaries to bring in Vin Diesel. Uh, and so, yeah, he's in the thing with Gorski. They're talking, and he tells Vin that he needs him to smuggle a girl to America. But how
0: is he going to do that, Grusky? He's on the blacklist or whatever I forget. Right.
1: So, Can't yeah, get in. Yeah, and so they'll have to give him like a passport that goes into your skin so when they scan you it like looks it's a you know a fake passport that'll like pat, get you through.
0: Yeah. It's like the minority report eyes thing.
1: Yes, exactly. Also, also actually should mention real quick. This movie is very similar to Children of Men. Just like uh, on a oh, yeah. plot, production—you know a- everything about the the world that has been built here. Uh, the fact that a lot of it hinges on an unborn baby—it's uh, very much—it's *Children of Men*, but much worse. <laughs> but so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, do often think about the scene in children of men where Michael Caine is just like jamming out to rolling stones and uh, all that. Yeah. It's, it's really good.
0: <laughs> Ruby Tuesday, taking his suicide pills or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's fantastic. I should watch children of men again.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm looking, I got a poster of it right by my computer. I should do watch really? children of men.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've never seen that angle of your, uh, of your room before. I'm always looking at the other side of your room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all right. So yeah, Vin is talking to Gorski. He needs to smuggle this girl in. Uh, and so Vin goes to meet Michelle Yo. Or he go he goes to the convent and uh, Michelle Yeah is the first one to come out and greet him.
0: Yes, yeah, and like you said before, or we mentioned the she walks up to him and is like, "I've got three rules, bitch." And number uh, <laughs> <he tells> him, <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever she goes wherever Aurora goes, no foul language, and I uh, yes. forget what
1: the other one is. Yeah, but uh, well, the third one is no foul language, oh. uh, and because she's like, starts like, "I, I go wherever she goes." Uh, you know, you do what I say or something like that. And then she's like, and what's mood number three? It's like no foul language. And he's like, well, lady, I think that's fucked up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, I could see you're not a gentleman. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. but She's basically, she is the girl's protector and she goes to bring Aurora out.
0: Right. Yeah. And she's going to be with them. Um, and there is like a, a fun sort of running bit in the beginning up to this point where he's always trying to light a cigarette. And then it just—he throws the lighter away, and I don't think it ever comes back. I don't remember. Uh, okay, yeah. But it was just like a neat little like character tick thing that they had in there, where he's just like he just always wants to have a smoke, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then then Aurora comes out of the convent, and they get in the car, and uh, I love how he's brought to the convent in the car on a magnet underneath the helicopter yeah <laughs> the fuck was that that was wild
1: <laughs> well they need the car to get around you know yeah so, they gotta, yeah absolutely uh that was wild also a, a fun world detail here that i just really enjoyed which is when he uh he pulls out a paper map uh, yes. and like unfolds it and does the whole thing and then when he unfolds it he's able to scroll through it like a computer like a gps uh, yeah e- even though it's on paper and that was like a just really weird silly thing that i thought was fun <laughs>
0: That was cool. Yeah, and he's like plotting the points by like tapping where he wants to go on the map. That was neat.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and then they're on their journey. They got to get to America.
1: Yeah, so they're they're going on their journey. They enter this town uh when they're in this town that uh, Vin Diesel's kind of grabbing clothes off of a rack for her to put on uh because they're being watched. You know, you yes. and and every once in a while it just cuts to like, you know, a point of view Thing think of like somebody watching them with like night vision goggles and being and just being like, oh, they're on the move again. There they are. Like there's just like voices yeah. that are coming out that you've never heard before. And yeah, they're being watched. They see the tigers in cages. Aurora has like a panic attack and runs and they have to chase after her and they eventually get on the train.
0: Is there like a big explosion in the scene or no?
1: It's possible. A lot of this movie was noise to me.
0: Because <laughs> there's a, in the documentary, they're filming the scene outside this train station. Uh, and there's a giant, like, a bombing goes off, and it's like a...
1: Yeah, yes, that sounds familiar.
0: And, like, <clears throat> so in the documentary, it's the guy, the uh, pyro technician or whatever.
1: Yeah. Is like... Dan Fried ride from Tropic Thunder. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> Big ass titties! Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember what causes it to... If it rained or something like that. So they're like, there's not going to be as much smoke. What was supposed to be there, uh, like, whatever mixture of... Gunpowder, blah, 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 whatever. Technical shit. It's not going to work the way they thought it was going to work because of the weather. And he's like, put more in. I don't give a shit. Uh, Kasovitz. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Uh, and then they they filmed the scene and they're like, medic. <laughs> like, it's like they it, they just put way too much in. Nobody got hurt or anything. Yeah. But it was like a way bigger explosion than they thought was going to happen. Just like uh, in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> just like in Tropic Thunder. But all I could think about was the, like, the Twilight Zone movie and, like, that whole accident and all that. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is going on in this movie? But luckily, nobody got hurt or anything. But it's just another one of those examples of, like, a thing going wrong because of the weather and then too much explosives and all all that shit. Just, like, as Kasavitz goes into insanity. Um, And, then yeah, then they're on the train and there's that scene where they talk about the tigers and you're like, oh, there's the plot of, like...
1: Yep. Hashtag themes. I get it. Yes. Exactly. I, I also should know. I haven't. I didn't mention this before, but the version of the movie that we both watched was the extended version. Um, yes. So you know, there is a the original theatrical cut was. A tight ninety. It was ninety minutes yeah. in and out. Uh, the extended version is like a hundred minutes. Like it's it's a little bit longer. So it's like an hour forty or an hour forty five maybe. But uh, so that that is the version that we watched. I don't know what is in the extended edition that's not in the theatrical cut. So True. just throw that out there. And I, I did see on
0: Wikipedia that it's the the European cut was like repackaged as an extended right. edition in America. So it's not like a director's cut. Like it's not anything.
1: Right. Yeah. This just the version of the movie that came out in Europe, basically. Yeah. But I don't. I also don't know what the differences are either yeah um yeah they get on the train uh there's a sequence where uh, vin is uh trying to buy these seats uh from the family that's sitting there um but they don't speak the same language but aurora speaks the language and she's like and they're like oh hey hey, and they all get along famously and they give them their seats yeah yeah so look at that it's all about communication mate. hmm Interesting. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> maybe that'll come up later. And so, yeah, they have that whole sequence where they talk about the Tigers being clones, and then they make it to Russia, uh, where they're at a refugee camp, which is also like an underground fight club. While they're there, uh, Vin Diesel's looking for like an old associate of his. They find him. It's Finn, Mark Strong, with hair. Didn't recognize him at first. Yeah. <laughs> Just really weird to see him without hair. It's it's like, dis- or to see him with hair. It's kind of disconcerting, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I think he's got like a weird hairpiece thing going on in uh Tar also.
1: Um I forgot he was in Tar, but yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, and that's why I forgot because he's here.
0: He's got hair. It's a different guy. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I love uh this kind of thing in movies in general or stories where it's like, I got a guy, an old associate who's a smuggler who can get us passage or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Uh And Mark Strong. Schrug- is great for that kind of role, I think.
1: Yes, although he's doing like an American accent in this movie too. Yeah, a little strange. So again, American accent, hair, it's basically not Mark Strong. Uh, Yes. (laughs) That speaks to how great of an actor he is. They get together and he's going to help them out. Uh, Then these guys ambush Vin, the guys who were watching them before. Yeah. Uh, And I'm just calling him Vin because I, like I, there's no way I'm going to call the character Hugo Turup. It's just Vin Diesel.
0: <laughs> Turup is too many syllables.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the guys ambush Vin Diesel, and they offer him $1 million for the girl. And he, he takes a second to like think about it. Uh, and then he tosses the money in the air and runs away. <laughs> Yeah, great distraction. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, he runs, and then um, this is when Michelle Yeoh gets in the fight. And again, it should be a bigger deal than it is in the movie, but she just is fighting. Yeah, um, like it's just like oh, and now Michelle Yeoh is also fighting people. Uh, and it eventually leads to uh Vin fighting uh the French kickboxer Killa in the cage to save Aurora because she ends up in the cage too. Uh, and he's, like grab the kickboxer like grabs her, and it looks like he is attacking her. Um, but in fact, it sounds it seems like he's trying to like protect her. Uh, or she think, seems to think so, right? Is yeah, that what it is? They have they keep like
0: looking at each other in the scene, in like the the scene leading up to this before they get into the fight. Yeah, uh, and they have like this weird connection. And while she's being chased, he like opens the door and lets her into the cage. Yeah, uh, so yeah, he's like guarding her, but then he's also got like a um like a Lenny from of mice and men thing happening yeah. where he's like holding her face too tight and stuff. So then uh, Vin Diesel, like, kicks the door into the cage, uh, like, fight guy that's, like, promoting it with the bullhorn, like, shuts the door and starts the timer as if this is, <laughs> yeah. like, a fight. And, yeah, and then this is that big, they have the big punch fight scene in here that they filmed all in one shot, handheld and stuff, but the guy got hurt at the end, so I guess that's why they didn't shoot it,
1: like, edit it that way. In the right, movie. yeah, fair um, enough. Uh, and it ends with uh, Vin Diesel killing Killa. He he kills him. Uh, Aurora does try to stop him. Like she's yes. like, no, he didn't mean it. You know all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, he kills him. He kills with his bare hands. Chokes him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hardcore. Uh, and so yeah, they're There. She's leaving the cage. She's upset. And the guys who uh, were chasing them is like, no, our father. Your father sent us. And she's like, oh, okay. And she goes with them. Yeah. And then Vin Diesel and Michelle are yeah, like. What like, what <laughs> and, What the fuck? Uh, and so they chase after them. Vin Diesel shoots a guy and gets her to come back. There is a really great moment here where, um like, there's when there's there's a somersault. Guy, uh, may, there might be a somersault involved. I, I was thinking that there's a moment where there's like, a guy standing with a gun and Vin Diesel runs up from behind him and grabs his gun before the guy can react. And he's and he's like, where'd my gun go? Michelle Yeoh runs up behind him and knocks him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that was very good. That was a great Michelle Yeoh moment. <laughs> that was good.
0: No, it's right after this when they, like, are in the standoff with everybody, when he's holding the guns on the guys that have, like, kidnapped Aurora or whatever. Mm. And they're, like, are sort of acting all in unison, all those guys, you know? And he, I, th- I don't remember if he shoots. I don't know. Basically, I think at the end of the scene, the guy's like, let's go. And everyone in front, like, somersaults and turns around like, like, or in order to turn around, and then they all
1: run off together in unison. Yeah, they all, like, scatter all at once, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just
0: the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's super strange. Um, but, yeah, so that she comes back to them. Uh, the next day, the refugees were all heading out onto the ice. Mark Strong is kind of leading Vin Diesel and Michelle Yeoh and Aurora. They're heading through the ice, and the submarine emerges from the ice. Uh, and it's, like, this this boat that uh, people can get on uh, to, like, escape and, you know, head to America, right?
0: Yeah, because they're going to get across the Bering Street to into Alaska. So they're being smuggled on this Russian submarine, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. but they have a very limited amount of time to do it. Uh, so when the the boat, like, you know, comes up uh, and it em- emerges from the ice, everyone's scrambling and fighting to get on it. And it's a bloodbath. People are, like, tearing yeah. each other down and pushing them back in the water and all that kind of stuff. And Aurora has, like, a panic attack here because she can, like, feel them dying, like, empathetically or whatever. Like, And then she jumps, she goes inside Right, because I think the whole thing is they don't want to be seen by satellites, so they have like 90
0: seconds or whatever bullshit yeah. they have to do. Uh, so they're like shooting everyone to get them off the ship and going, pulling them down under the uh, ice into the water. And she runs over to like the controls and knows how to use it, it yeah. like control the sub, uh, and then starts screaming about, like, I can feel them all dying, and then like has a seizure and passes out or something. And then story stuff happens.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Aurora feels them dying. She uh, gets knocked out. And so they're, they're all on the boat. They make it, they're heading out. Uh, And Michelle Yeoh kind of gives her, gives like her one monologue in the movie. Like the one, like kind of a little bit of acting she gets to do in Babylon AD, where she kind of tells about her, tells Vin Diesel about her backstory and how she worked in the orphanage when Aurora showed up, Uh, mentioned that a doctor like once gave her a pill and she's always like, Felt and known things. And there's a line that she has where she's like, ah, she was so smart. She could speak when she was two years old. And Vin Diesel's like, well, you know, a lot of kids can speak two years old. She's like, 19 languages. Uh- <laughs> you didn't let me finish my sentence, idiot. Yeah. It's like, maybe you should have led with that. Uh- <laughs> but because of, like, you know, this supernatural ability to feel everything you know she like she's a very frail like fragile person uh and so they're going to america because that's where the best medical help is uh which i thought was very funny (laughs) yeah (laughs) ironic yeah uh and so yeah they're heading to america uh they make it through the boat they they make it across the bering strait they make it to alaska uh they're on snowmobiles uh yeah i don't know where they got the snowmobiles but they got them
0: (laughs) He's, he says that to uh Bark Strong when he says, like, I need passage and two snow cats on the other side or whatever. Right. So yeah. And then there's like the drones or whatever the fuck are attacking them and it's this yeah. big triple Xander Cage style f- action sequence with the <laughs> backflipping snowmobiles. Back-
1: backflipping a snowmobile. It's a cool moment. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um and then they he gets he gets hurt. I don't remember exactly or he gets blown up or some shit, right?
1: Uh yeah well yeah the drones are shooting after them they see the dead polar bears and that's like the indication that like right. oh there's something bad out here then they get attacked by drones it's a big chase the snowmobile backflips and then yeah Vin gets injured he gets shot right uh, and Aurora is like taking the metal out of 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 him like the out of the bullet hole uh, and then while they he's like laying down on the ground like potentially dying uh, Mark Strong pulls a gun on them and right. uh, is like betraying them and he's like ah oh, you know you you'll, you'll Pay a, like gorsky will pay a pretty penny for you or whatever you know that kind yeah. of thing uh but then vin diesel like shoots him like while he's laying down on the ground and kills mark strong and then he dies uh, yeah tragic devastating yes. mark strong out of the movie he's i mean he's only in it for like 10 minutes but it was good to see mark strong you know it's yeah. it's, it's, it's fun he's no pinbacker but he's, he's, he's no, pin, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so he dies and uh they are all in canada and uh they're all camping out uh vin diesel's fully recovered now <laughs> Yeah, he's fine. And he's fine. He's great. Uh, and it, this is a really weird scene. They're all just like really, they, they have all bond Are they're laughing and bonding. And it just feels so like disconnected from everything else in the movie, which is a pretty like dour movie for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, Oh boy, you know, we're going to, you know, Oh, you're going to drink. Oh, you've never had a drink before. What? Like, who? <laughs> 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 yeah. like there's Uh, it's, it's really weird. It's a really weird scene.
0: Yeah. And she's, uh, Aurora is like stitching up uh, his back and he's like, oh, you're getting pleasure out of this, huh? Like, well, every time he flinches because she laughs
1: and all yeah. that stuff.
0: And you're just like, what is going on in this movie? What is
1: yeah. this? It's, it's a weird thing for sure. And then out, out of nowhere, Aurora's like, we're all going to die in New York. And then falls asleep. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> We're all gonna die. Yeah, it, it reminded me. I just I just rewatched uh, Evil Dead twenty thirteen, the remake. Nice. Uh, and there's the moment when uh, Jane Levy like gets possessed, and uh, she's like standing in front of the group of like the, her four friends, and she's like, "You're all going to die tonight," and then collapses, and it's exactly the same in Babylon eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what, maybe Fetty Alvarez was referencing Babylon Is is a secret Babylon 80 stan. Uh, yeah. And he was working it into uh, his Evil Dead movie. After that, you see a sequence where like Vin Diesel's outside at night and Aurora goes out to go sit with him. And uh, he's kind of telling her what he wants to do when this is all over. Like once he gets the money to, uh, you know, deliver them, uh, he's going to return to his parents' house in upstate New York and uh, just go chill there.
0: Yeah. I would love a good upstate New York shout out. In yes. Thing.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Although it's near the Canadian border, so it's not the part we're familiar. It's
1: with. it's not our upstate New York. This is more like Trump flag area, upstate yeah. New York. You know, this <laughs> <Like, laughs> is this is that version of New York. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but yeah, so a- after this, they make it to like a hotel, and they're showering. Uh, Vin uses his passport, so it's like in his skin, and then uh, he's you see him like. There's a shot where he's like you know by the sink. He bends down to, like, you know, look down, and Aurora is standing behind him post his shower. And uh, she, like, approaches him, and they're about to kiss. But then Michelle Yeoh interrupts them. Yeah. Uh, and that, it comes out of nowhere, I think. That, like, it, you know, I, I know they had bonded a little bit over, like, the last day or so. Like, yeah, I saw them laughing together in the igloo. But otherwise, like, I just feel like, uh, like this this is not, like, a thing that, like, I picked up on until right now. Yeah,
0: I think I gave it more credit than it deserves. Um, yeah. Because... I kind of took it as like, um a like Aurora is just sort of like around a man for the first time, like out in the real world for the first time. It's possible, yeah, and it's kind of just like I want to do this,
1: but that's too generous for this movie <laughs> uh it was it was a really strange moment, and one yeah. that's like not I mean it's weird because that they, they sort of have a relationship like not really but like they like you know like i said it's like kind of the joseph and mary kind of thing yeah. right and all that uh and so he becomes like her protector and he's the one who's there for when her when her babies are born and all that kind of stuff so it's just it's a it's a weird thing that they have going on here
0: and he's wearing a zoo york shirt in that scene at the end which is fucking hilarious
1: um <laughs> yes actually yeah i forgot about that when he because it's like just a white polo shirt and it looks <laughs> it looks like he walked off the set of fast and furious like it's, yeah. just, <laughs> it's very weird
0: and then, yeah, is the, no, they're not in New York yet, right? This is what the bef-
1: – uh, Well, bef- na- they, they because they have the passport, they're able to make it to New York now. So right. then, na- now they're going to New York. They make it there. And when they get to New York and they get to that building they're supposed to go to, Aurora sees on the news that the convent was destroyed. Uh, it was struck by a missile. Yeah. I like that there's a scene – so
0: they fly to New York, right? And then there's like this yeah. big moment that feels like it's supposed to be like a like um, political statement reveal where like you see the outside of the plane and it's got this giant – coca-cola zero ad on it and i was like what is the point like what i don't know what this is trying to say but anyway um yeah then they're in new york and they get into that that apartment right she sees the that terrorists have destroyed the uh convent that they're from
1: yes and and vin diesel's immediate thought is it was gorski Classic. Yeah. This is classic Gorski. He's he he will he'll always send missiles at things. He thinks it's Gorski. Uh, and they look out the window and there's these like two opposing gangs that are like both outside.
0: <laughs> it was like some John Wick shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: kind of. <laughs> uh, and he mentions like the bikers outside work for Gorsky. Like one half is like probably working for her father, the other half is Gorsky, right? And they all right. are gonna come in. It's gonna be a free-for-all. Uh, and so a doctor arrives uh, and inspects Aurora. And is like kind of like giving her a physical. And uh, Vin Diesel has like a confrontation with Michelle Yeoh uh, where he's really acting his ass off. Where he's just shouting, what is wrong with her? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) god has nothing to do with it now you know that that kind of stuff
0: <laughs> yeah because gorski calls him right and explains like if you don't do this you have it also that g- passport had a tracking device in it that you just injected into your neck yeah um and all this stuff so that's why they let the doctor in because he has to make sure that she's safe or healthy or whatever and uh then he'll make the ha- make the handoff to the father or no not the father to Gorsky to, wow. to the
1: ceo to the C- CEO. C- ceo right yeah
0: uh, everybody's there. That's why they see gangs are there to like, make sure the the handoff goes down kind yep. of thing. Uh, and then you'll be free to go, uh, is what Gorski is telling him. And, uh, he assumes she's like got some kind of virus, which they just kind of keep referencing and about how she could destroy a whole city. If she has a virus in her, uh, and they don't ever explain what that is about or <laughs> is, uh, yeah. Mark, Mark Strong talks about it on the submarine also, but that's when he's got that scene with Michelle, Yo, like you said, where he's like, what's going on in there? Blah. And then she comes out and says, like, I'm pregnant with twins, and I've never yeah. been touched. <laughs>
1: All right. Sure. And I think okay, Vin Diesel. You say like, so, lady. <laughs> and Vin
0: Diesel's like, oh fuck. Like, yeah. or so, like, he's got some <laughs> dumb line.
1: Uh yes, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, she is pregnant with twins now, and the CEO gives Vin Diesel a call and tells him to finish the job, bring her to the limo. Uh, and so they're heading outside and they're heading to the limo. And they open the door, and then at the last second, Vin Diesel's like yoink, and he's like just initiates a shootout.
0: <laughs> yeah, he it shoots the doctor that's waiting for him in the limo, and then yeah, the, uh, then all, all hell breaks loose. Both gangs uh, go go shooting.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, uh, all the gangs are shooting and uh, Vin is taking them away and there's like we gotta get to the subway. And then a missile launches and it's like and the and Aurora's like, It's linked to your passport, and like it's just one of those things, like this happened really fast. <laughs> like this escalated yeah. so quickly. Uh but yeah, so a missile's launching, it's linked to Vin Diesel's passport. Like, what are they gonna do? And so Vin Diesel has to like run through a van and he's like able to like trap it in the van and the van explodes, right? And yeah, all that stuff.
0: <laughs> he goes flying. Um, yeah. And yeah, Aurora just sort of walks up to him and is like, I need you to live. And then he dies. <laughs>
1: well, I, th- I think hilariously, you have skipped over the fact that this is when Michelle Yoga shot and dies. Uh, <sighs> <also>. Yeah. Which <laughs> <This laughs> <this laughs> whole scene is a mess because they had to paint the cars black and shoot it at night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like Michelle Yeoh is is such a nothing character in this movie. That's uh, yeah, wait, your, her death just completely didn't register for you. That it was yeah. just like uh, yeah. But Michelle Yeoh gets shot and dies like right next to Vin Diesel, uh, and so now he's like the only one left as the protector. And then another missile gets fired uh, again. I think with the needles tracker, so it's gonna hit him. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why Aurora shoots him. She So she says, I need you to live. She shoots him, uh, and then he wakes up in like a med bay. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where, oh, the missile will be deactivated because now it seems like he's dead.
0: Right. But I don't think you know she shoots him yet.
1: Right? That's like revealed in the memory of- zone or whatever the hell i think that- you see i think you see her doing at that point uh no, no the mem- he- the, mem- the memory zone is like to figure out where she is now oh because they right. got because they got separated here yes. uh and so yeah so you see her shoot him she's like i need you to live and you're like what the fuck is happening uh and yeah he wakes up in a med bay he has a bionic leg now and, like he has like a bionic hand Yep, <laughs> uh and that's where he meets the Merv. <laughs> Yeah, Merovingian, there he is. <laughs> yes, the Merovingian is here and uh, reveals that uh, Vin Diesel was in a coma for five days, uh, so it's been a few days. And and that whole sequence, by the way, that like you know whole thing with the missile, that was the opening shot of the movie. That was like that first 30 seconds that you saw, yes. then it hit six days earlier, so now we're past that. Vin Diesel was in a coma for five days, and the Merovingian just goes on like a long, exposition-y... <laughs> <laughs> you know, thing where he's saying, oh, yes. So uh, they hired me many, many years ago to create this uh, supernatural being with all the world's knowledge in it. And that was my daughter. And that's Aurora and all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He uh, does what he had to do as the Merovingian also. He's just explaining yeah. sh- shit that has to happen in the past for this to make sense. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. And he says that um, a- at the moment where he like was supposed to turn her in, he couldn't do it or like hand her over because she's like property of the company or whatever. Uh, he couldn't do it and he faked his death so she could go into the convent and blah, blah, blah. And she, and that's where I was like, okay, so she's a robot, but then I guess not. She's like half so that her kids can be robot. I don't
1: know. Right. She's like a, a cybernetically enhanced human, uh, yeah. which I think is like the Merv's thing in this movie is because he, yeah, yeah. he gave, he gave Vin Diesel a bionic leg, <laughs> yep. you know, all that stuff, which I don't, I'm not sure that he needed. I don't think he like needed the leg. Did he? Well, he gets blown up. The, I, uh, I guess he, I guess he does get blown up. Uh you're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need it to show that time is fast.
1: Exactly. That that right. 5 days. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, so that's kind of his and you know he has his own like cybernetic enhancements uh right yeah. all that kind of stuff. So he tells him about the daughter and he makes Vin Diesel enter the animus, the the memory <laughs> machine.
0: <laughs> Which is really funny looking at it because it's very clearly one of the parts is like a Sony earbud headphone. That's like <laughs>
1: in whatever
0: like the thing that's right over his eye uh, yeah you're looking at it it's like i've had those headphones before (laughs)
1: um yeah so he's going through the memory machine and it's he's kind of like cycling through a bunch of memories and all of aurora's stuff and ultimately he's seeing aurora saying go home it's just like her saying go home over and over again yeah Uh, and so he he realizes what that means and he's like i know where to go uh and so they they go uh meanwhile the ceo is like uh, trying to find Aurora as well, and she kills Gorsky with a nuclear weapon, uh, which is a very funny scene um, yeah. because she's like communicating with him like on a video screen, like in her limo, and she's like, "Oh, you've outlived your usefulness. So I'm afraid I'm going to have to kill you." It's like, huh, You're going to need a nuke to make that happen." Oh no! Like, <laughs> yeah. I think she says, "I know," <laughs> uh, and then boom, he just gets bombed, uh, which is great. And then she, and then she comes in to confront the Merovingian. right? <laughs> i i I have no intention of saying his actual name he's the merovingian uh and yeah so she goes to confront the merovingian and she like is asking him like oh where's aurora what do you know and he's like oh i don't know anything and then she kills him i think
0: she says my daughter right so like are they a a couple at some point i think think? well
1: no i think um so she from what i gathered from his exposition uh she hired him because she's the head of this church Right. right, she's the CEO of the church, and uh, so she's the head of it. And they want to create a new Messiah, presumably to create more business for the church. Right? She hired him to create the Messiah, essentially. Uh, and so I think she feels part ownership over her as like her mother, quote unquote. Right. Uh, but then he's also like the creator, right? So he is the father. Oh, uh, so Bible stuff. Yeah. yeah there you go.
0: <laughs> Double feature this with Mother, the bo- the movie Mother.
1: Uh, mother's a lot better, so there's, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she confronts the Merv, she kills him, and then I don't think you see her in the movie at all after that. She disappears, she's gone.
0: Frankly, I've I'm checked out by this point because yeah.
1: <laughs> when he wakes
0: up uh, in the bed bay thing, and then you move the mouse, and you're like twenty more minutes, I'm out. <laughs>
1: Uh, but Vin Diesel goes to find Aurora and she's at his parents' old house, which he told her about before in upstate yes. New York. Right. Uh, and so he finds her and he like, you know, takes her away and then just cuts to six months later. It's just a big time jump once again. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, now it's six months later. Uh, and Vin Diesel's like, it's, it's a lot of like a voiceover exposition to kind of like, well, we got to wrap this movie up. Uh, yeah. and so uh, she, she's in a coma and I guess because of like the design, like her design, she wasn't built to last. She wasn't meant to like continue to live beyond the birth of her babies. Right. Uh, and so Vin Diesel's like waiting in her uh, hospital room, and she wakes up as she gives birth, and then she dies.
0: That's a black credits.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, there's one also. Uh, <laughs> this. Uh, so, so it's a great cut to black because the <laughs> the um, like, yeah. she dies, and then Vin Diesel has his voiceover where he's like, "Save the planet, one child at a time." ain't that a bitch Uh, (laughs) and then it cuts to black and then then the first thing you see is a dedication to my daughters (laughs) yeah psycho (laughs) absolute psycho behavior (laughs) uh completely bananas uh and and that's the end of Babylon AD it it doesn't really end it just stops yeah we just
0: ran out of movie to put at the end of this thing i guess um, right
1: because like presumably the ceo is still out there looking for these messiahs and all that and I, I, I guess there's more story to tell maybe they were hoping for a sequel to uh to get that going and it didn't work out that way yeah that dedication is absolutely hilarious when it comes <laughs> yeah. up <laughs> yeah it, it just feels like so it looks like so wrong-headed on so many levels Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's Babylon AD. It's bad. Uh, it's it's not a good time. Uh, it sounds like you liked it a little bit more than I did, Mike. Yeah, I mean, liked. I mean, yeah.
0: I didn't actively hate everything I was watching uh, mm-hmm. while, while it was happening. And I did watch it in chunks. I watched the first hour and then went and saw the Dungeons and Dragons on Among Thieves and then came back and was like, oh, I guess I can watch this bullshit now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then watch that the last yeah. hour. So I don't know. It was
1: okay. But uh, okay. I'm very
0: interested to see what kind of uh savaging it gets on Letterboxd.
1: Yes. Uh, well, here we go. Some Letterboxd reviews uh, for uh, Babylon AD here. Here's actually a fairly positive one. A three oh. and a half star review from Sydney. Did you watch Children of Men? And which was a music video starring Vin Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> with, with a small part for Gerard Depardieu wearing a fake nose and eyebrows that make him look like he's about to meet up with Bilbo back. <laughs> <laughs> if so, I have just the this would be a masterpiece if the studio hadn't interfered, movie for you. <laughs> Fair. Uh so yeah, there you go. And I and I do wonder if the studio hadn't interfered, like w- would there be a more pure, you know, insane genius vision from from Cassavitz here, you know? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if he'd gotten the budget he needed or budget he wanted and they had let him make his own BV. yeah, be interesting. It'd be a, a, an interesting timeline, but here's a two-star review from Brian Espatia. Every damn Vin Diesel movie is about family. <laughs> 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 uh, this is a really cool poster that seems to promise something akin to Blade Runner, but with Vin Diesel, and I know what you're thinking. That sounds like the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just a collection of half-baked ideas wrapped up in a dystopian cyberpunk aesthetic with only the occasional cool moment to lap things up. Should be a crime to edit Michelle Yeoh's fight scenes like this. <laughs> yes, correct. 100%. A hard agree. Here's a one-and-a-half-star review from Connor Carey. The biggest problem with Babylon AD is that it can't decide if it wants to be a more complex and thought-provoking sci-fi like Children of Men, which it blatantly rips off, or your typical Vin Diesel action fare without really committing to either. The director clearly had a vision, but it never comes out, and it's clear there was some heavy studio interference with this one. This isn't what I call a boring movie, but the performances are stilted, the script is terrible, and the action sequences are both extremely weak and choppy. It's shocking how derivative this is and how it somehow manages to get worse as it goes along. I always forget about the period where Vin Diesel wasn't really associated with the Fast franchise, and it's no surprise he wasn't back to it after so many of his solo ventures weren't very good or flat out terrible
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's pretty interesting to see an actor go through that where they're like i don't need this franchise anymore and it happens pretty often i think
1: sure Uh, yeah it happens but then
0: for him to come back to it and now it's 15 years later
1: and like it's still cranking out it's still working like yeah i I mean it's it's a a super franchise now uh you know which is a crazy thing i I mean you've heard the story of why he came back right because it wasn't it was partially that you know he you know, his a lot of stuff didn't work out like for some of his movies. Um, but really, the reason was that he really wanted to make another Riddick movie. <laughs> like right, and that's why he did the cameo thing, right? And yeah, so so he made a deal with the studio uh, where he would. Um, he made a cameo at the end of Tokyo Drift and he would return for a fourth Fast and Furious movie, which was Fast and Furious uh, in exchange for them making another, a third Riddick movie. Right. Uh, And the third Riddick movie didn't happen for a few years. Like that was like 2013 um, because Fast and Furious ended up being, uh, I don't think a monster hit, but like, a you know, it, did pretty well and like it did enough to make fast did enough to make Fast Five, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then when Fast Five came out, it it was suddenly like, oh my god, this franchise! Like, where has this been all my life? This movie's incredible, and I remember we so. When we when I first got into Fast and Furious, it was when Furious Seven came out. We mm. reviewed it on the podcast back then, and I was like, I got to watch all these. I got to get into the Fast and Furious movies, and I didn't like the first four. I've come to yeah. like the, I've come to like the first one, but I did not like the first four movies. And then watching Fast Five, I was pretty into it, and then at the forty minute mark. All these other characters came back from all these other movies that I didn't like, and I was so pumped to see them. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was like, "Oh my god, they brought back Tyrese Gibson!" Like, <laughs> you know, and I and that was the moment where I was like, "This movie's great!" Like, I was like, "I I can't believe how pumped this movie got me to see these characters from movies that I disliked." Yeah, Gal
0: Gadot. Oh my god. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> And I, to make a total digression,
0: I I saw the uh, trailer for Fast X for yeah. the first time at, in front of uh, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. And I cannot believe they're making it about one of the bodyguards that gets almost killed in Fast Five. Right? That is the most <laughs> insane fucking choice.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think it's it's some guy who got, like, whacked with the safe or something. Yeah. Right? He's That's, in the car with the bad guy at the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah i can't i i genuinely can't wait I, I i think it's gonna it's probably not gonna be my favorite fast and furious movie but i think it'll be a good time uh d- despite all, all the issues that have happened uh yeah. you know behind the scenes uh plus this one's got jason momoa as the bad guy that'll be fun also brie larson is in it um yeah. appar- apparently playing kurt russell's daughter that's uh what her wasn't character- that yeah no you're right never mind wait what were you gonna
0: say the, i was gonna say the guy that they tried to replace uh oh
1: scott eastwood scott Um, eastwood
0: i was like wasn't that his son no (laughs) no, i think he was just some guy yeah
1: (laughs) a little nobody they called him though uh and uh were they gonna bring him back i think they might have i i I feel like it was weird he because they brought him in as like oh he's the new paul walker and and everybody who saw the movie was like no hard (laughs) fuck that guy (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> um but yeah uh fast coming out next month and uh, we'll probably review it i might might go to the movies uh, gotta yep. bring the family together for that one uh, i got two more reviews here here's a one and a half star review from rob hill what a slog this reminds me of how mission impossible 2 was supposedly written around a series of action scenes but the action scenes here Aren't good. <laughs> and there's no Tandui Newton to distract me from the badness. Uh, I think it's legitimately adorable that Diesel uses his leverage with Universal to make silly sci-fi and fantasy films. Uh, but they don't have a great batting average. And I say that as someone who likes Riddick more than most. Uh, and there you go. I've actually only seen Pitch Black. I have not seen either of the Riddick sequels. Uh, and I know they, like Diesel recently said they're going to be trying to do another Riddick, like a fourth one. Wow. I've never seen any of them, actually. Oh, really? Pitch Black's pretty good. Pitch Black, That's what Pitch I've heard. Pitch Black yeah. is solid. And recently, I, I had thought to myself, uh, as somebody who works at uh, an, in, an indie movie theater, uh, a space-bound horror series uh, at Ooh. the theater that consisted of Sunshine, Alien, Pitch Black, and Event Horizon, uh, I think would be a really fun time. So, that would
0: absolutely fuck.
1: Yeah, I'm throwing that out there on the podcast now, just to manifest it into existence. So good idea. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, and last one here's a two star review from Parker Babylon. A eh? D's nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think we can even do an outro to the episode. we us just end now. We <laughs> should
1: <It> just end it. <laughs> Pull the plug. Just yeah. call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I was, I, was I, I worked really hard on getting the delivery just right for that one. Uh, so. <laughs> I think you did a great job, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and that is it, Babylon AD. We did it. Uh, so, Mike D, where can we find you online this week?
0: You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, and if you'd like to donate support the show, you could do that at our Ko fi page, which is ko fi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you want merch, we got merch on Redbubble. Go to Mike and Mike
1: Yes, indeed. You can find me online at MSmithFilmBlog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decree Show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us, at CompleteWorksPod. That's W-R-K-S, no O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts with all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen. You can reach for your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com and our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. So join us in the next week in the Complete it Works. It's, uh, it's actually a little bit up in the air right now, but I think the plan is to get back in the cage to discuss Renfield. It's Renfield time already? It is. Uh, it's Renfield time already. If I'm able to go to the theater that weekend to go see, <laughs> see it, because uh, that's the part that's a little bit up in the air <laughs> Fair, OK, uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of discuss it throughout the week. Um, but I, if we can, I would like to get back in the cage, talk some Renfield. If not, the next Michelle Yeoh movie is True Legend, uh, which reunites her with director Yun Wu Ping. He's back let's go baby we missed him always a good time we missed him I feel like we see him every couple of episodes
0: (laughs) (laughs) but after these last two or three it's been a while
1: (laughs) that's very true this movie's gonna seem like a masterpiece compared to Mummy (laughs) 3 and Babylon AD so uh, I am excited for that and remember to check out our other podcast Mike might go to the movies for all kinds of other movie related stuff including recent releases ranked lists general discussions and a whole lot more so thanks so much for listening guys and thanks for taking it yo